Hi friend, and welcome to the Temple Care Podcast. This is a place where we take a faith-based approach to mental and physical health. I am your host, Erica Pizzo, and today um, I had some things on my heart. I wanted to talk about this idea of self-doubt. I recently posted a reel on my Instagram page, which was about kind of losing yourself. I had written a chapter in my book, um, Quieted by His Love, about the concept of losing yourself and kind of feeling like, I don't know who I am anymore. And and so I wrote that chapter to kind of show you guys that it's not always a bad thing to lose yourself, to feel like you're losing yourself, because a lot of times that is where God is forging something new. And that's where he's building um, this new heart, this new soul inside you. Um, and I'm in a place now where I'm less confident in who I am and I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going, (laughs) but I would rather be less confident in who I am, but be walking next to God rather than being ultra confident and going ahead of him. Let me say that again, just so it kind of sinks in, but I would rather be less confident in who I am, but walking beside God than ultra confident and going ahead of him. And I think that's how I used to live. I used to have goals, dreams, plans, and I went right ahead of God and said, this is what I'm doing, God. Um, And a lot of times those things fell flat because um, he wasn't in them and and I had taken the reins. Um, And so the way that I'm doing things now is different. But it's hard being led sometimes, right? It's hard letting God do the leading because you kind of feel like you want to do the leading (laughs) and you want to be in control, right? Um, but he is so much infinitely better at leading than we are. So, um, and I, I wanted to talk today about self-doubt because I think that this is a tricky thing as believers because we think that, well, the world tells us that self-doubt is a bad thing. Um, but then we are told in the Bible to lose ourselves, um, to become more like Christ. And so we wonder is, is self-doubt a good thing? Um, but I've been reading this this amazing book. If you guys have the chance to read it, I would go for it. It's called Soul Keeping. Um, it was referred to me by my therapist, but I, I just love every part of this book. It's amazing. It's by John Ortberg. Um, it's called Caring for the Most Important Part of You, Soul Keeping. So I, I wanted to read this to you because I felt like it really defined this idea of, of self-doubt and having this concept of a split soul. Um, And he gave the verse that was on my mind when I thought of the idea of having a split soul. And and this is how I would describe what anxiety feels like. It it feels like your soul is split. It feels like there's a disconnect between who you want to be and where you're at and who God has called you to be and, and who you are now. And so I thought that he did a great job of defining this and defining why it feels so uncomfortable for us. Um... So he's talking about, let me get to this page for you guys. It's kind of in the middle of the book. Um, in James 1.8, it says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Then he later repeats, Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The word translated double-minded in the New International Version is the Greek word dispuchos, which I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> um it's the Greek word for soul, and it could literally be translated, you double-souled, you split-souled, or you fractured soul. C. 
sin fractures and shatters the soul. Even though we don't talk much about the soul, our language reflects this in such deep, often unconscious ways. People will say things like, I feel like my life is falling apart, or I just can't seem to get myself together. I just can't seem to get my act together. I seem to be going to pieces. I am coming apart at the seams. These are the cries of a soul that was made to be whole. As Parker Palmer puts it, the divided life is a wounded life, and the soul keeps calling us to heal the wound. And I just, I love the way he defined it because I think that that is honestly maybe the best definition of anxiety I've ever heard. Um, having a split soul, feeling like your life is split um, and how sin can fracture that. And it's not always our sin. Um, sometimes it's the sin of others and, and the hurt of others. And so I think it just begs the question, how do we feel more whole? How do we get to a place of not feeling split? And I was thinking about the story with Mary and Martha where um, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried about and concerned about so many things, but Mary has chosen the important thing. And I thought about how Martha must have felt like that split soul feeling um, and like she wanted to be with Jesus, but she also wanted to take care of him and plan everything and get this get together together. But she had so many things on her mind. And I think that's such a concise way of defining anxiety. And I think how much I can relate to Martha in that situation because how, how many times my mind goes in a million directions. Um, and so throughout this book, I'm just, I'm learning about soul keeping and, and taking care of your soul and what that means. And, and I love the way at the end, he said the soul really cries out for healing. And so I think a lot of times when we have anxiety or when we have the feelings of self-doubt or we, we have, um, certain things come up, we, we just want to push them down and we don't want to feel those things, but our soul is crying out to be healed and it's crying out for God. And so it's not necessarily a time to push those things down. It's a time to listen because either the soul will cry out in moments of needing help or it will scream out when it needs help and your body will shut down. And I've been there. I've been there many times where my body just decided I've had enough and I'm going to shut down now. Um, and so I think tending to our souls and focusing on that being the important part of us that needs God um, changes the way that we do life. And it, and it gives us almost like an offensive way of handling it instead of defensive. Like we are offensively caring for ourselves so that when the hard times come, when the spiritual attack comes, when the sin of others comes to fracture our lives, we can better be equipped and handle it um, and so I thought of a few things that I do when those feelings of self-doubt come, when I feel like, am I doing the right thing? And am I in the right place? Is, is God pleased with me? I think that's a question I ask a lot. Is God pleased with me? Does he like what I'm doing with my life? And um, I think he lovingly reaffirms that often for me and, and makes me feel so seen and loved. But I think a lot of times that self-doubt spiral can cause us to become completely ineffective for the Lord because we're so deep in that self-doubt that we just don't do what, what he is calling us to do because we don't know how to get out of those feelings. And so I think 
there's a few things to do here. And I think one of them I've mentioned is tending to your soul, which is the basis of my book, really, which is having quiet time with the Lord, being quiet with him, letting his love pour over you, reminding yourself of his love. Um, and the second thing I think is super important here in times of self-doubt is deciphering truth from lies, deciphering the enemy's voice. Um, and I think that's something we all have to do because we get to a point where if we haven't been, you know, really on guard with the lies that the enemy has tried to put in us, we start to believe that they're our own voice, that they are the truth, that that is what God thinks of us when that has all along been a lie. We've just never called it out as a lie. So there might be some things in your life right now that you're believing, that you're agreeing with. Um, it's like that verse, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. And so I think about all the times I agreed with fear. I agreed with that spirit of fear because I thought, well, this is who I am and this is how I feel. So I'm, this must be it. But um, a lot of times the enemy plants that in our lives. And, and then when we agree with it, we're going a step further into courting it, romancing it, and letting it take root in our lives. So I think calling out any lies from the enemy is a huge, huge step for us in this and helps us see more clearly God's voice. And so the last thing I have here is just to constantly affirm and remind ourselves of truth. And I think human beings are forgetful people, <laughs> and I myself am forgetful. And so I think that um, I constantly need to be reminded of the scriptures that, that tell me what my identity is. And I think we all need that. I think if we're not telling ourselves who, what our identity is in Christ, we're going to forget. Um, and we're going to easily let those lies from the enemy um, sneak into our lives and make us think that we are less than or that we don't deserve what we're doing or that we're not on the right path. Um, you know, I the enemy told me a lie just this week. I, I was looking through my book and I felt that, you know, that sneaky whisper come in and say, you have nothing good to say in your book. What, what Nobody's, this isn't new. People have written about this before. Um and I had to, you know, I, I sat with those feelings a little bit. Unfortunately, I agreed with them a little bit. And um, it got me to a place of self-doubt. But um, I had a friend reach out to me today and just encourage me with, with how the words of my book have made an impact on her. And um, it, it was God kind of rescuing me from that. He didn't have to rescue me from that, right? Because I sat there in that in that self-doubt. And I decided to agree with that, but he decided to still come in and rescue me. So I'm not giving you this list here to make you feel like you have to do all these steps in order to be right with God. On the contrary, he can come in and rescue you at any point. But I do think they're proactive steps. I think they're wise steps for a girl who believes and runs hard after Jesus. Take these steps to be closer to him, to not believe those lies of the enemy. Um, and you know what I think about how even if we are dealing with self-doubt, this kind of comes back to the post that I did, but if we're dealing with self-doubt in a way of I'm not who I was before or I'm not this version of me or I'm not looking like her, um, that is that it comes down to comparison. And um, 
a lot of time I compare myself to my previous self, which is confusing. I know, but it's it's like I was more sure of myself back then. I was more athletic back then. I had my life together, but now the uncertainty and the place of doubt is a good thing because I'm letting the Lord lead me. I'm letting him take the reins. And that's exactly where I want to be. I don't want to be overconfident and going ahead of God. I want to be in a state of humility and saying, God, you lead. You are the one that provides. You are the one that goes before me. So if you're feeling that type of insecurity, I would say that's a good thing, friend, because that means you are on the right track with the Lord. You might not look anything like what you looked like before, but that's a good thing. That means you are losing yourself and gaining Christ, and that is a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Um, So let me pray for us today, friend. Thank you, God, for the chance to talk about these things. I know the concept of self-doubt can be so confusing in the life of a Christian because we feel like we should have confidence in who we are in you, but we have moments where we're just not sure that we're doing the right thing and we're not sure we're pleasing you. But God, you are so faithful to affirm our gifts, to affirm the right track we're on, to affirm our lives. And I just pray that um, the person on the other side of this who's listening and maybe feels like their life is very small, feel like they don't do anything big or significant. They see things happening for other people and they feel like, when is it going to happen for me? And Lord, I just pray for your love to cover that soul. for your love to make that soul whole, to feel enough, to feel that they are in you and that is what they need right now to get through this day. And I just thank you for your love that, that does cover those parts of us that feel shattered and broken from sin and from sin of others that have hurt us, Lord. And I just thank you for your grace that covers us so diligently every day. I thank you that you run after us and you chase us and you love us and you never let go. Um, I thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. All right, my friends, that is it for today. Um, I have my book out. If you haven't gotten a copy yet, um, I will leave the link for you below. It's on Amazon. But um, just so thankful for all of you. Thankful for your words and your comments. Um, and just the strength you've given me to keep going through this. Um, So I will see you guys next time.